0: Open your Bibles, if you would, this morning to Ecclesiastes chapter 11, and I can about guarantee that you've maybe, possibly, never had a mission message out of the book of Ecclesiastes chapter 11 this morning, but God clearly took me here this week, and I want to share just a few thoughts with you this morning. If we could, let's just stand for the reading of God's Word and give you a chance to to stretch a little bit and want to focus in on now what God has especially for us today from His Word. It's really the most important thing this morning at this point. want to look at verse 1 here this morning. It will be our theme verse for this morning. Looking in Ecclesiastes 11, verse 1, the Bible says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. And the thought is today... Are you casting your bread? Are you casting your bread? Lord, we just ask you today that you'd be with us. We thank you for all that's happened this morning, for the singing, the testimonies, the special presentation. Lord, we just pray that all would have pointed to you. And now as we open your word, that you'll touch our hearts and challenge us in some very special way. And we thank you for it. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. Thank you. You may be seated this morning. I want to talk just a moment, if I could, this morning. We're going to stay right on time. I want to talk about Missions Conference because that's what you're in the midst of, and we're kind of in the kickoff mode here this morning of your mission conference. and so, so many great uh, activities planned this week and so much focus upon missions, uh, local and abroad, and I thought it would be fitting just to talk about that for a moment. And what, what is a Missions Conference? Well, it's a purpose, is to set aside time to focus on the church's responsibility to carry out the Great Commission. The Great Commission was stated in all four of the gospels, and quickly this morning in Mark sixteen the Bible says, uh, Go into therefore and teach all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Ghost, teaching them to observe all things, whatsoever I have commanded you, and lo I am with you always, even unto the end of the world amen. And then we see over in, uh, uh, excuse me, that was in the book of Matthew, over in the book of Mark chapter 16, we see Jesus saying, go ye into the world and preach the gospel to every creature. Then we see the great commission again in Luke chapter 24, and that repentance and remission of sins should be preached in his name among all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. And then again, in John chapter 20, we see, then Jesus said to them again, Peace be unto you, and as my Father hath sent me, even so send I you. So we see this great commission given in all four of the Gospels that we're to simply go out and proclaim the Gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ to all, to all the world. And we're faced with that today. In in the book of uh, Acts chapter 1, the Bible says, But ye shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you, and ye shall be witnesses unto me both in Jerusalem, that being your home community here, in uh, uh, all of Judea, your surrounding area, maybe we could say the state of Florida, uh, and in Samaria, that'd be maybe throughout our country, and in the uttermost parts of the earth, and that would include our foreign missions uh, that the church supports. See, today the church can get busy with so many different things, and, and, and goodness, don't we? We get so busy with the functions of the church, the various things that the church is involved in, and, and we can get so busy with so many different things. But the truth is, I believe the most important business of the church is missions. The church, this body of believers, has paused from its usual routine, and the pastor has declared a very special meeting to take place this week. And in essence, it's a type of business meeting, and it'll be the most important business meeting this church has ever had because of the nature of the business at hand is the proclamation of the gospel throughout this community and around the world. Only as the church fulfills her mission's obligation does she really justify her existence. The missions of the church is missions. And I believe that's what missions conference is all about. It's about the proclamation of the Lord Jesus Christ local community and abroad and that's what the focus clearly is about this week i want to spend a moment just to also look at what is a missions conference not about and i'll have to warn the pastor at this time to get his nitro pills out because he might have a heart attack with my first couple of points here but bear with me pastor if you would what is a missions conference not about here it goes he's getting ready with his nitro missions conference is not about giving Well, you like that, you should, Baptist, I'll say amen to that. (laughs) It's not about giving. It's not about, here's another one, missions conference is really not about commitment. Missions conference, and you've got it in your bulletin right now, the pastor alluded to it, it's not even about filling out something and making a commitment and promise to God. Now, those are all good things. And we hope that all those things will happen as a result of God working through this mission conference. But that is not what the missions conference is really about. What missions is really about is faithfulness. Think about that. What missions is really about is faithfulness. You say, well, Brother Mike, what do you you mean by that? Well, let's think about it for a moment. Mark, you got any money on you today? Son, you're broke. I tell you what. I was trying to get... If missions was just about giving, that's an easy one. In other words, you could determine this week that I'm going to give God X number of dollars per week, per month, and that's going to be my total involvement in missions. And when the offering plate comes around each week, you reach in your wallet, reach in your pocket, you lay something in an offering plate, and you've fulfilled your obligation to missions, you're kind of off the hook. You can just check that box. See, that's not what missions is all about. Missions is not about a commitment you can make a commitment this week to the Lord and it could be a good commitment just as, as you're giving is a good thing. Those are needed. You can make a commitment to the Lord and through this week, just by your commitment, you've kind of checked the box that you've, you've fulfilled your mission obligation. But that's not all that God wants. Filling out the card in the bulletin and making some good promise, some good things and some promises to God is still not all what missions is about. What missions is about is faithfulness. That you and I come to a point that we say God is... Here am I, whatever you want, whatever you decide, whatever you want me to do, I am here, I am willing to do it. Because see, then that covers all the bases. Because if all missions is is about giving, then let me ask you this, who's going to go? It does no good to give if no one's going. And how do we get going other than our full commitment to the Lord? jesus christ you see missions is really about faithfulness it's about being faithful to god and yielding ourselves totally to god that he can do whatever he wants to through us some he will call to give some he'll stretch your faith this week and he'll lay some some giving amounts on your heart that you don't even understand how you're going to accomplish those that's called faith promise giving when you give when you don't even see it and that's a wonderful position to be in God might call someone here this week to go. He might call someone into full-time ministry. He might call a young person or an adult or a retired person to go in some fashion. And that's the reason through this mission conference beginning with this morning, it's critical for us to be in a heartfelt position with God that we're willing to say, and we come to the point where we're willing to say, God, whatever you want me to do, That is what I'm willing to do. And I want you to know today that if we could, as a body of believers here this week, really embrace that, it would be unbelievable what God would do within the next months, weeks, months, and year of this church. It it would just blow the roof off the place if we would just come to that commitment. Uh, William Carey once said, Attempt great things for God and expect great things from God. You know, we have to come to a point, it was even mentioned today, where we have to be willing not only to go ourselves, but moms and dads, grandma grandpas, we have to be willing to allow our sons and daughters to go. We have to come to a point where we'd say, well, if God would call my little girl to the foreign mission field, then I'll be behind that 100%. And that's difficult to do sometimes. But we have to be willing to not only give of ourselves, but to give of our children, to give whatever God chooses to send off out of our lives. You see, the best laid plans you could ever have for your children with the, with the college account established and everything lined out is nothing equal to what God has planned for them. And we have to come to a point as moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas and ourselves that we're willing to give of ourselves totally to God. I want to take just a moment. We're going to move quickly here and look at this passage here in Ecclesiastes 11, beginning in verse 1. We see there the Bible says, "'Cast thy bread upon the water, for thou shalt find it after many days.'" I'm going to take this passage and apply it to our missions theme this morning. And we see here the Bible is what it's really talking about is an investment. It's an investment. Cast thy bread upon the waters and you'll have a return. You'll have a return. You see, we cannot have a return if we never give. We have to invest to get. And that's what we're doing in the lives of these young people that you've seen up here today and nearly 50 more back at the home this morning is we're making an investment into the lives of these young people. And the Bible teaches us here that if we'll cast our bread upon the water that thou shalt find it after many days. And may I say today with no investment you'll get no return. And as the Bible reminds us here your investment might not come immediately but it will come. As we invest financially into God's work, as we invest spiritually into God's work, as we invest physically into God's work, there will be a return. It will be in God's time and God's way. Then we see verse 2 here. The Bible says, Give a portion to seven and also to eight, for thou knowest not what evil shall be upon the earth. What's the Bible talking about? Well, I think in application to missions, it's talking about diversify your giving. And I just mentioned ways that you can diversify your giving. You can give financially. You can give physically. Get involved in the ministries of the church and give of yourself physically. You can get involved uh, uh, with your talents. And we see that up here as the, as the worship uh, a choir sings and the instruments are played. There's many different ways to get involved and diversify your giving. And then also we should apply that giving in such a way that it not only reaches our local community, but it reaches our surrounding areas and around the world. And then I believe this verse also tells us, as it talks about giving to seven and also to eight, you sometimes, we can get so involved in many different things of the church that when God lays something else upon our hearts, we somehow justify not getting more involved because we're already doing so much. Well, Lord, I'm already doing so many things around the church, I couldn't possibly take that on. Well, I believe here we can get out of the scripture that you might be given to seven, but if God lays an eighth thing upon your heart, get involved in it. If God lays it upon your heart, the simple fact is He'll take care of it. He'll He'll make sure that your needs are met. The simple truth is we too often limit what God can do in our hearts and lives. And we cannot outgive God. I've never seen a time that we could outgive God. God will always bring back. We see in scriptures and Psalm one hundred twenty six six the Bible says he that goeth forth weepeth bearing precious seed shall doubtless come again with rejoicing. Bringing the sheaves with him, Isaiah thirty-two twenty. Blessed are ye that sow beside all waters. John four thirty-six. And he that reapeth receiveth wages, and gathereth fruit unto life eternal. That both he that soweth and he that reapeth rejoice together. And herein is the saying true: one soweth and another reapeth. We're familiar with Galatians chapter six verse seven. Be not deceived. God is not mocked. For whatsoever a man soweth, that shall he also reap. In 2 Corinthians chapter 9, But this I say, He which soweth sparingly shall also reap sparingly, and he which soweth bountifully shall also reap bountifully. How are you sowing today? How are you casting your bread upon the water? Are you casting it sparingly or are you casting it bountifully? It's a matter of an investment that we make and the return that we'll get for our investment. But you see, it takes faith in God. It takes faithfulness. I remember when... My wife and I had the privilege to first come to Hope Children's Home about 12 years ago. And uh, when we got there, uh, we began trying to assess things and get a handle on things. And uh, I was trying to uh, kind of figure out where all of our, our canned goods were at and what we had and what we needed. And I'd ask, you know, maybe, uh, where, where's, where, where, do we have canned green beans, canned vegetables? Where are they at? And they had these little sheds all over the 45 acre campus, a little wooden shed over here, a little metal shed like you'd see maybe at Sears somewhere else. And I began to look and there was canned goods crammed in this place and some over here and some over there. Some had rusted up, some were expired, some were good. And You know, I looked at that and I didn't feel we were being a very good steward of what God had given to us. And so I said, we're going to go through this mess and get it organized. And so we jumped in there and we found out, you know, a fair amount of the food had been expired and we just had to throw it out. Some of it was nearing expiring and would have expired, but we got it out, put it up front. And then we still had a lot of canned goods and such. And I felt like uh, we needed to give some of that away. So we gave some to the local food banks and different missions in our area that could use it. And uh, boy, the staff, pastor, I thought I had mutiny on the bounty. They said I was going to starve them to death. You know, here's the newcomer in here giving all our food away. We've got to prepare all these meals for children. And I think at that time we prepared probably about 175 meals a day. And, uh, uh, and boy, they were really, uh, really getting nervous. And, uh, but I believe we were doing what God wanted us to do. We were giving. And so um, a few weeks went by and maybe a few more weeks, and the pantry started getting low. And I began to say, Lord, you got to show us something here. And in the midst of that, I received a phone call, and there was a local organization that had done a food drive for um, a state-run children's home in our area. And they called me up and said, we've called them several times. They don't seem to be interested in what we've done. And we've got a, a bunch of canned goods and box goods that we've gathered. Would you like to have them? I said, boy, I sure would. I said, how many do you have? She said, we have about 6,000 pounds. So, boy, a big grin came on my face. Man! So we went over and picked those things up, and I came into staff devotions the next morning with a big grin, and I shared with the staff what God had done, see. And I was thankful to God that He was able to help us see that you invest, you cast your bread upon water, you give, and God will bring the increase. God will give us the investment. And we see here uh, that taught in the Scriptures as well. Now, look at verse 3. The Bible says, if the clouds be full of rain, they empty themselves upon the earth. And if the tree fall toward the south or toward the north, and the place wherein the tree falleth, there it shall be. Well, that's an interesting verse, isn't it? say, so what in the world do you get out of that? Well, here's what I get out of that, is we need to live just trusting our lives to God because we're not in control of it anyway. We have no control of where that tree's going to fall. We have no control of where that cloud's going to dump its rain. And my friend, we have no control of our lives either. And we just need to live our lives trusting in God. You say, well, I believe I've got a good handle on my life. Listen, an accident can come. Disease can come. Health problems can come. All sorts of things can come your way in just a moment's time. Look at our dear friends up in New York and New Jersey today. Folks who thought they had it all together and all planned out, and I'm certainly not being negative towards them at all because we all are that way, amen? But in a moment's time, some of those folks had no home, No car, no clothes, no food. Let's face it, our life is very fickle. And it's only in God's control anyway. Now think about that thought. We can say today, and we know, yes, God's the only one in control. We can't determine what's going to happen to our lives. Then why won't we just let Him be in control? We know He is. Why won't we just let Him? And I believe this verse talks about that very thing. But what we do too many times is we hold on to what we've got whether it be talents or our finances. And I wonder, as the Bible uses the illustration of the clouds and the rain, I wonder if the clouds acted in their giving as we do to missions giving. Say, what in the world are you talking about? Well, well, so many folks decide to just kind of hold on and not really get involved in missions. What if the clouds decided to hold on to the rain and not give any rain? Our world would be non-existent in just a matter of months. If the clouds just decided to hold on. But you see, that's not God's plan. God's plan is the clouds to gather that moisture and distribute it upon the earth. And God's plan for your life and my life is to bless us and for us to redistribute that around the earth. That's God's plan for us. But too many times we get in the way. We look at verse 4. Verse 4 says, He that observeth the wind shall not sow, and he that regardeth the clouds shall not reap. May I say today, if you're waiting for a good time to be faithful to missions, that there's always going to be winds and clouds in your way. If you're waiting for a good time to be faithful to God and to sell out to God and to give God all that you have, there's never going to be that good time. If you're waiting for the perfect time to walk this aisle and kneel at an altar and say, God, whatever you want me to do, I'll do it, you're going to be able to find all sorts of excuses why not today. And why not this week? Let's remember who's in control of the wind and the clouds and who's in control of our life to begin with. God is sufficient. You see, we come up with so many excuses. Well, Lord, I I couldn't possibly do this because of that. And I I couldn't possibly, you know, surrender to full-time ministry. What about my job and my house and all that? God will take care of all that. God will work all of that out. The Bible says He cares for the sparrows, He cares for the flowers, He cares for the field of the grass, and how much more He loves you and me. If He lays something upon our heart, do you think He's going to hang you out to dry? Absolutely not. Listen, we see in verse 5, As thou knowest not what is in the way of the Spirit, nor how the bones do grow in the womb of her that is with child, even so thou knowest not the works of God who maketh all. My son and daughter-in-law, Ryan and Julie, are here. They both work with us in the ministry. And can you raise your hands or something there? There's Ryan and Julie. Julie's the one that does all of our video work and did that video. And Ryan, we haven't figured out what Ryan does yet. But, uh, no, he takes, he takes care of our books for us and helps with that. He's our business manager. But Julie, she is, uh, she's going to be having a baby in February. And we're excited about that. it will be their second one. And his name's Lincoln Alexander Higgins. I think that sounds like the next president. Amen. Lincoln Alexander. And the truth is, as that baby is being formed in Julie's womb, I know biologically, textbook-wise, I know how all that happens, but I really don't understand it how those little fingers begin to form and turn into fingers, how that arm and that leg grows into existence how the brain, the most magnificent computer ever developed, how it forms in the womb of a woman and, and comes to completion and comes to a point that it controls the whole body, controls the heartbeat and the bodily functions. I don't understand how that happens. I don't. But you know what? It doesn't matter whether I understand or not because God is in control, see? And so many times in our life, We don't understand how things could come together and how things could happen and maybe some things that God lays upon your heart to do this week, but it doesn't matter if you understand or not. God is in control. God will take care of you, and He'll take care of you through those decisions. You might not understand how God could provide the income for you to give to missions, but make the promise to God and then sit back and watch God provide it. You cannot try to understand how God could call you or your children to the mission field. But just trust in God. Let him take care of it because God is worthy. Look at verse 6 with me. Verse 6 says, In the morning sow thy seed, in the evening withhold not thine hand, for thou knowest not whether shall prosper either this or that, or whether they both shall be alike good. In other words, we have to sow our seed or cast our bread everywhere. Too many times we discern where we need to cast our bread. It's easy to hand a track out to someone who looks and talks like us, but sometimes harder to share the gospel with someone who doesn't look just like us or talk just like us. See, we have to cast our bread everywhere. Simple truth is, I don't understand how an abusive, alcoholic father of one of our children can come to know Jesus Christ as his Savior and get his life together But they have. I've seen it. I don't understand how a drug addicted mother of one of our children can get saved and get her life in order, get her family back in order, us get those children back in that home and doing well. I don't understand that, but they have. I don't understand how God could bring revival to a community, and especially in years past, that was to such a degree that the taverns would close down, that those of ill report, would quit doing what they're doing and bring revival and completely transform a whole city. But God has done that. I don't understand how God could allow us to reach hundreds and someday thousands of Honduran children for Christ. Just feeding them and clothing them is mind-boggling to me. But God's allowing that even now. See, I don't always understand these things, but it's not my job to understand. It's our job to just sow the seed to cast the bread, and God takes care of the rest. Let's look back at verse 1 as we close this morning. The Bible says, Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. Cast thy bread upon the waters, for thou shalt find it after many days. You see, it's our job to cast the bread upon the water. That's what our job is. Let me illustrate that this morning. Mark, I'm glad you didn't eat my illustration this morning. Bread. Bread. The Bible says to cast your bread upon the waters. And after many days, it shall return unto you. Well, let me just practice that. I'm going to cast my bread right over here. Got to get the bread. Bring that on up here. Bring that on up here. I cast my bread this morning. Amen. What's your name? Raven. Raven, this is Raven. Now, cat we cast the bread. Let me, give you, let me give you a little statistic right here. 2,286 people groups, according to Wycliffe, do not have God's word in their own language. That's 380 million people do not have God's word in their own language. They need somebody to cast the bread their way. Amen? Raven, is that right? Raven, It's Raven. If Raven will cast his bread and he will make a commitment to the Lord that within the next year, he's going to try his best, with God's help, to just lead one person to Christ in the year. In other words, November of 2013, it's Raven's goal that he will lead at least one person to Christ, just one person a year. So Raven, why don't you cast your bread out there to somebody? There you go. Belen, grab that. Okay. Come on up. Bring it on up. All right. Don't hurt yourself. Okay, this is Belen and Raven here. Now, if Belen and Raven will commit with God's help to cast their bread in whatever way, financially, witnessing, going, whatever it is, if they'll cast their bread, and within the next year, they each lead one person to the Lord, okay? Go ahead and cast you all, cast your bread out there somewhere. If you want to move around anywhere, wherever you want to go. Raven, Raven, cast your bread out there. You have to get... It. You, can you get that for us? Come on up. If you get that bread, come on up. You stay up here. Yeah, don't get away from me. Come on, John. All right. Now, look here. We've got four young people up here now. And we're going to eat some more bread. There we go. All right. There you go. Don't eat it now. Okay? All right. We've got four young people up here. If these four young people... Now, get, get the concept I'm saying here. If these four young people will just lead one person to the Lord in the next year, okay? And the people they lead to the Lord... We'll just lead one person to the Lord in the next year. Look, we started out with just raven. Now we've already got four, okay? So here we are. If these four will lead just one person to the Lord in the third year, okay? So you all cast your bread. We're just in the third year, okay? They're each going to lead one Lord. You can cast your bread anywhere you want. It can be an adult. It can be a... Boom! We'll give it... To... There you go. Come on up. Bring that on up. Come on up. There we go. Good. If you've got a piece of bread, come on up. Come on up. Come on, yeah, that's fine. Come on up, all right. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight. We got eight, wow, doing good. Who doesn't have bread? Who doesn't have bread? You know, do bread, have bread. Don't eat it now. Don't eat it. Hopefully he gets his back. I'll make some sandwiches on the way home. Amen. Bread, got bread, You got bread. Okay, bread. now we've got, okay, here we are. We've got eight people. If these eight people, now we're just in the third year. We're between year three and going into year four. If these eight people will make a commitment to just lead one person to the Lord in the next year. And those that they lead to the Lord will make the same commitment to lead someone to the Lord within the next year. Okay, one more time, y'all cast your bread out there, okay? It's going to get interesting. Pastor, it's one way to get on the altar, brother. (laughs) If you get a piece of bread, come on up. Get a piece of bread, come on up. And if you had a piece of bread, stay up here, okay? Come on up. Looky here. Okay, now, we're in year four. Eight people cast their bread. Just shared Christ with someone. I'm not talking about building a mountain. Just sharing the Lord with someone. And by the way, can you or I save someone? No. All we can do is cast the bread. It's up to God, see? Remember, up to God. Here's the whole thing today. You and I be faithful and let God do the rest. That's all He's called us to do. So we had one person. We had Raven down here, who started this whole mess. Amen? He started this thing, Raven. Now, Raven, I want you to come here. Look here. Now, seriously on this, look at that. In less than four years, all those people have gotten saved because of you. It's eye-opener, isn't it? Because he made a commitment. And would you agree with me? It's not much of a commitment. Lead one person to the Lord within one year? Not not a big commitment, Raven. Sixteen people now stand. And they've come to know Jesus Christ as their Savior because someone made a commitment to cast their bread upon the waters. Now let me share this with you. If these 16 will lead one person to the Lord and the ones they lead to the Lord in year five will have 32 people saved. With this same equation, listen, in 10 years, If every one of these people will lead someone to the Lord, and each year they've got to lead someone else to the Lord, and those they led to the Lord leads one person to the Lord, in 10 years we'll have 1,024 people saved. In 20 years, with that same process, just leading one to the Lord each year, we'll have 1,048,576 people saved. Pastor Howells, the Grace Baptist Church. 49 years, almost 50 years old. With this same equation, in 50, excuse me, in 30 years, 30 years, remember, what is it? One person leading one to the Lord? There will be 1 billion, with a B, 730,741,824 people saved. And in 33 years, as far as I needed to take it out, there will be over 8 Billion saved, and that's the population of the whole world. Because one made a commitment to God to be faithful, to cast his bread, and because of that, one person each year, we now in 33 years would have over 8 billion people that come to know Christ as their Savior. Thank you. You can be seated. You can keep the bread. Now let me close with this thought. You look at that and you say, well, Brother Mike, why doesn't everybody do that? Well, I have a few, th- few thoughts on that. Why don't we cast our bread? We don't cast our bread because some are afraid of what others will say if they cast their bread. Think about it. Because some of this might apply to you or me. Some don't cast their bread because they're afraid of what others will say if they cast their bread. Some are afraid that they'll run out of bread so they keep it all to themselves. But the Bible says to cast your bread upon the waters. Some are afraid that God will want all their bread so they don't give any. But the Bible says to cast your bread upon the waters. Some will question and have the excuse, can my bread really make a difference? Do you remember the five loaves? Jesus can do much with little. And then I think the most ironic reason is some actually think that their bread is their own. May we be reminded that everything belongs to God. Cast your bread upon the water. The truth is, everything you are, everything you hope to be, everything you ever will be is God's. God's. And my prayers to this mission conference... That we'll not worry so much about fulfilling some obligation. But that we will be more concerned with being faithful. With being faithful and allowing God to do something special through us this week. And that through that we'll see great things happen for the Lord Jesus Christ and the kingdom. Let's stand to our feet this morning with our heads bowed and eyes closed. What has God touched you with this morning? What's God done in your heart Maybe you're here today and you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior and God's laid upon your heart to commit to full-time ministry, whatever that might be. You might not even know what it would be. A missionary, a staff member at Hope Children's Home, just being obedient and you feel God's called you to full-time ministry, I pray that you'll make that commitment to God. Maybe someone's here today and God's laid upon your heart to do something special through this mission conference, maybe to give more to missions than you've ever given. My prayers that you'll be faithful to that. Maybe someone's here today and you've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Savior. The greatest decision you could ever make would be to trust Christ as your Savior today and let someone show you from God's Word how you can know that heaven is your home. Let us pray. Lord, we thank you for this morning and for your work in our hearts and lives. And Lord, may we just grasp the simple thought of casting our bread upon the water because we know that it will return. We know the investment's good and worthy. May we be faithful as your people to do what you've called us to do and then let you take care of the rest. And we'll be thankful for what you'll do and we'll give you the honor and the glory for it. In Christ's name we pray, amen.